Welcome to another episode of the Ska Dads podcast. Uh, we have the whole crew here this evening. Uh, how's everyone doing? Uh, yeah. Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. Holiday season. Yeah. Fucking hell. It's been a hell of a week. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing this episode um, to sort of pay uh, tribute to uh, the uh, late, great Terry Hall from the specials. Uh, we opened up with uh, Little Bitch. Uh, a classic uh, special song off their self-titled debut album. You think they catch flack for that one? Covered, covered by many. <laughs> Sorry, just wondering. If, like, <laughs> do you think that they would catch flack for that song today? I was like, did they did did they not get caught flack for like half of their shit for like being like the most front-running part of like that genre? What? <laughs> <laughs> so. So do you mean that song would be like censored right now, or catch no, him on he, like, press? He, he calls the girl a little bitch. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if that's something that you would get away with saying today. You know, yeah. and like the sentiment behind the song is one thing, but like I don't know. That don't definitely gets the, into some money territory. Easy now. PC culture would take that away just by the word of it. So. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the specials. This, I think the specials uh, were on the cutting edge of of music and fashion in the late seventies and early eighties. So 79. I don't know if they would even write a song. Yeah, I don't even think in two thousand twenty two, almost twenty three. I, I think a band like the Specials, the um, they wouldn't they wouldn't exist. The way we we know the specials from 1979, 1980 to exist, they they were, you know, a biracial, multiracial band that had you know members of different backgrounds all coming together to play music, and you know, I, I think um, I just finished listening to this uh, podcast called Bandsplain uh, this week, and they had two episodes about the Clash, and I think if you're talking about the specials, the Clash. Uh, sort of paved the way for a band like the Specials, uh, and they were also managed by the same person, Bernie, Rhodes, like Bernie yeah. Rhodes. Yeah, he put the he put the band. They they were kind of orchestrated, right? Like he, just like the Clash, where they were like produced, like they were they were like a modern day boy band in some ways. That they had you know a manager, and he put a bunch of people in a room together and said, "Look, you guys are going to be a band." And I I don't know. If he, I don't think he did quite that with the specials, but he definitely did that. With yeah, the I think class. there was some like That's ushering the along. Came about, so, like, well, yeah. yeah, the sex pistols were were like, yeah, it was just like you, you, and you, 
you're gonna write some shit music and like can you guys just look like this i think this will work mm-hmm. you know i think the specials were a little bit more like i don't know organic and jerry dammers had a big vision behind all that stuff plus they were kind of all kind of in the same space in some ways right so like it was yeah. like they did come together as a real band it was just sort of when they got with bernie that like you know i guess it became more professional i don't know if that's the best way to fine-tuned I guess they had more opportunities. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're opening for a band like The Clash uh, and they're playing sold out clubs uh, or, or, you know, going on tour with other bands, you know, I think, I don't know, the specials, um, you know, are credited with being the two tone band because, you know, the, Jerry Dammers, their keyboard player, was the man behind the two tone label. Um, so. In some ways, I think the specials were, you know, more important in some ways of building, uh, you know, a two-tone scene than than I think they did a lot more like that than what The Clash did. The Clash, I mean, they had they had offshoots and they had other projects and they had friends and bands, but the specials actually like said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna turn this into a movement and having like the two-tone label. They had in some ways they had a lot of control on on the bands they were playing. Well, that, that's kind of the point. It's like, for me, it's like, all right, like, the Clash, for me, got me into, like, punk rock and rock and roll. The specials, like, put me down this path of, like, two-tone ska that I've never gotten over in 20-something years now. And I will forever but blame and give praise to the specials for that, so. Yeah, I remember the first record I bought was uh, the two-tone collection, the double CD collection, and it was like a lot of really good songs on the first CD and then some interesting experiments. <laughs> there, there were some good songs on both CDs, but definitely the first CD is, you know, it had, it had all the first singles from the specials and Madness and Selector on that, and then the second CD was like the other stuff that isn't as well known or was as well, popular. like the boiler or the broiler. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> like songs yeah, like the, that, the, that was just that like and, a little bit more exper- experimental and, and out there. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and then all the, the, what was the cats band that oh, was yeah. on it? I don't, I'm not stray cats, but um, something cats and just all the off, like the mid 80s stuff, I guess, or, 82 and on like all that stuff that was like, yeah, I didn't, I, I meant it. I guess it, the context I was saying, it was like, like definitely moved away from Scott it was more like, Oh, there's a bossa Nova song. Oh, oh this is uh, different. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh one of those like Puta Mayo mixes that they saw at Starbucks. Except like with like uh, funny keyboards and shit. It's like, <laughs> But like, I like that stuff. <laughs> no, but I don't, all that stuff holds. I don't think that stuff holds. That's also well, I don't know. Up, actually, like I'm saying like I the did, later I, stuff. I will. Q-tone. I will fight that because I think like that stuff. It's actually grown on me more over the years than like you know the early two, the early two ton stuff, which is like what everyone fucking knows. It's like yeah, it's cool. It, it's it's formulaic. It works. It's really fucking good. It has that message. Everything else. But I feel like when they all really started branching out. 
it started to remind me more of like it was like this like art movement kind of thing almost more like when i looked listen to like the tropicalia bands from brazil in the 60s and shit like that where they were like you know i don't know it was it was much it felt more like rebellious artistic expression like it felt more like that like they that's where they went i don't know if people are necessarily like into that or if they're, those are like better songs I like I appreciate them way more. I feel like they've actually grown on me. Whereas, you know, it, it, it's taken me know. a long time to actually appreciate those songs. In, in the beginning, I was like, you know, I just wanted the specials, just you know, mm-hmm. off their like the first debut album. Then even like more specials. It took a long time for me to really get into that album, which actually turned out to be like my favorite specials album. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think that album is a better album. Like, I think the first album is more singles. Original album versus the second album, the more special album. Like, yeah, what do you call that. a better album? Which, can you get your yeah, feet again, out of the fucking really, uh, camera? <laughs> no. No one's watching my feet. It's not even like yeah. close. Well, we're sitting here like having to talk to your feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I... We still see you on camera. <laughs> we just ask. He is like laying, lounging with his hands on his hips, like waving at us. Hey, we just ask for a little bit of respect. This is all AJ wanted. And we all, we all have our mics. We all have this professional mic set up for the podcast, except AJ's on a headset. Yeah. Yeah. AJ, AJ is in chill. Mode. I'm sitting on my couch. Right. You, you own it. That's cool, AJ. It's uh, it's Christmas just, time again, and yeah, dude, just I get your feet out of my face. <laughs> but wait, all right. So you want to go into the whole like? Good thing it's not in smell-o-vision. Uh, scratch the screen. It gets extra smelly. Mm. Yes. Smells like he hasn't changed his socks for days. Uh, so what? All right, you want to talk about the whole like what? With the first album, second album thing, where people, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. people think the, that the second album yeah. sucks. Well, no, we're going to change their right. It's like the first album's amazing to me. The second album's amazing in a different way, though. And like, but I love both of that. And like, I've had arguments over the years. Of like, the first album's the best. The second album sucks. And I'm like, no, no, it's it's both amazing in its own way. And like, well, typically, I think. Your introduction to the specials, people will tend to to buy the first album. Um, it has a more like, iconic image to it. If, if you if you never had a specials album before and you had the option to buy one or the other one, people are just going to tend to buy the first one. And if they were like the way I was, you listen to that over and over and over and over when I was like twelve or thirteen years old. Then when I got the second album. I was like, oh, this is a little bit different than what I'm actually used to. And so it took time. And it actually took me a little bit more time to kind of mature myself as well with the music to actually start really enjoying the second album. Then over time, it just became better and better. I love the first album, but I just find the second album to be a little bit more polished and uh, a little bit more mature. It opens you up a little yeah, more. I think I think it's more yeah. of an album. Yeah, that, yeah that's I think it's a well, distinction. I think it's an album. Like they they Yeah. And I think too, like, um I don't know, I, I, I said this earlier, but I'm gonna say it again, just emphasize it. I, I think a lot of the songs on the first album, it was it was probably recorded 
not with that mindset. It was more of like, let's get in the studio and put these songs that we've been playing out live for two years or even in other formations of the band. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I really want us to talk about Terry Hall. And I think he, you know, he doesn't always get a lot of credit for the specials. I think a lot of it goes to Jerry Dammers, but I, I was a little skeptical about the reunion, but, um, they had, I guess, I don't know, 10 years ago and they started playing all together like again. 12, dude. But <laughs> what really shocked me more. Might have been more. 12, I don't yeah, fucking I'm, know. I'm We're always bad now. with. Um. But I, I, I saw them, uh, when I saw the specials reformed, it was at the 930 Club right after the More Specials album was, was released. And I guess the problem with that album was uh, Terry Hall wasn't. Back in the band, more at that specials. Point. It was just you mean the today's or today's specials? Oh, today's. I'm sorry, today's. Yeah. It was. It was between. Let's get your specials albums it was, right, buddy. This is the Scott yeah. podcast. It was today's specials. Maybe no, uh, no. I think it was right after Guilty Till Proven Innocent. Actually. Yeah, it was like 1998, 99. That sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I saw them play at the 930 Club, and I believe that was without Terry Hall. It yeah, was, uh, he wasn't in that. And that I think what's his name? Adam uh, Flymo Birch. Birch was in that. I think he kind of tried to fill. Love it to out. Adam. Adam is great, but he is still no Terry Aldo. Whatever, dude. I, I, I'm not. I'm not here to brown. I'm not myself. here. I'm the same. So there, there's Terry start. Hall. There's Adam. I'm the same. Adam's good, but Terry Hall. Well, is, Adam's yeah, a great yeah. horn player exactly. too, though. Yeah, he's a great horn player. Yeah. But it's not think, Terry Hall. I don't, think, like, he was, was I don't think he was filling in those parts. Yeah, I don't think. I thought he was filling some of those parts. I think no. I think. Hold on. I when I saw, I was the only one here that saw that band. So let me let me talk. For I a thought he bit. played trumpet That's and he also shit. sang on some of those recorded songs on "Guilty Till Proven Innocent." He did backing vocals, but I, I don't think well, he, was, he, did he wasn't vocals. doing leads. Yeah, so the only person doing leads <laughs> on um, today on the "Guilty Till nope. Proven Innocent" was more. It was more. Um, you know, Lindsay. no. Roddy Radiation has his own yeah. song too. We're gonna, yeah. Roddy Radiation has a song. He has a song or two, and then Neville. But I could have sworn there was like a third guy that sang another song, and I thought it was Adam Flymo Birch. I don't fucking know. All right, that's whatever. another episode. I'm not gonna dig my heels in on this one. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, the Guilty Till Proven Innocent album. It's it, I I don't even know if it's on Spotify. I think we were looking. Is it? Yes, it is. is it? Yeah, so. Yeah, and, totally and that's is. a problem too when you're looking at the specials catalog. There's a lot of like they even had an album on two albums on Trojan when they just covered like cover songs of you know old skinhead reggae, old oh, yeah. tracks. Um, but um, I don't know. I I'm just saying when I saw the specials, I got to see them two or three times with Terry Hall. Amazing. They were they were. Even even when some of the original members were not still in the group, Terry Hall brought something to the reformed specials that I don't know gave it back some of its original magic. And you know, I think he him, yeah. him joining the band, rejoining the band was instrumental in you know they cut two albums. They were going to do a third album. Unfortunately, that never happened. But you know what they left was I I still think. You, you know, it doesn't hold up to the classic stuff, but it's still the catalog of music's there. 
you know. I still remember like seven or eight years ago. Like hold on, up. hold on. Seven or eight years ago, we saw him in in, uh, in Silver Spring. Sadly, at uh, that shitty place in Silver Spring, and it was so descriptive. The Fillmore. <laughs> the Fillmore. There you go. Um, but it was still like they they took a shitty venue and played such a great show. And like my wife and I still talk about that of being like one of the best shows we've been to together because there's like we didn't expect it to be good and it was amazing and it's still something I still watch like videos of it out on my phone and I'm like that's just something that's so important to us like of who we were as kids why we are who we are today 15 20 years on from being punk rock kids or young skinhead kids like where we are now so yeah no it's an important band AJ uh for sure I mean that was I mean we talk about this like it's like one of the first I think bands that like we got like really pumped about you know like it's definitely what got me changed changing gears I think in terms of like ska stuff um I was listening to a lot of ska punk and then I listened to that and I was like they had all the check marks oh yeah yeah they did it all they were cool looking yeah, like they they just hit everything. They they sang about politics and shit. They were like they were like a punk band, you know, with like good styling and then they played ska. But not even they had like their own brand of ska. Like people I don't think realize that shit ska did not sound like that until they started playing it, you know? Like there were some other bands in, around but No, it was such a unique sound. Yeah, I think I think um a lot of the stuff that's come out, it was more of um like punky reggae really and they happen to throw in a few ska songs but the special sound is more like rooted in fast reggae you know like in a lot of ways yeah yeah it's definitely like listening to like long shot kick the bucket and all those kinds of songs and my favorite thing is is the fact that yeah Tarek said he was like we're not a ska band we just yeah. play ska and i was like I mean, a lot of the songs they have on the first album are covers, and yeah, and the fact they had like Rico playing trombone for them, it kind of gave some like, like it was a bridge to the roots or to like you know to the original guys that were doing it, and which kind of gave them a little bit more. Um, I'm trying to think of what the proper term would be. Um, legitimacy. Yeah, legitimacy. Perfect. Yeah, and uh, I don't. Like Terry Hall, in my opinion, was not ever the best vocalist. No. Uh, if you ever listen to his like solo stuff, some it's some it's really good, some of it's not great. But there was a certain tone to it. But yeah. he, he was, in my opinion, the voice of the specials. I and, mean, yeah. And Notor, uh, yeah. Here's the thing: is like people call them and they'll be like, "Oh, they're like a ska punk band." You're like, "Okay." The punk aspect of that is Terry Hall, like hands down, like the way like the, the, the vocal, right? Like his, his writing style, like even the way he sang, his like attitude, just, everything that he brought to the table. Just mannerisms and everything. Yeah, yeah. He was just like really, really, really witty, but also just like sarcastic and fucking, I don't know. It was everything about him was very cool, you know? Um, and I think that that, that was always missing. And But because of that, that's why you wanted to listen to But because of that. Totally. That's why you want to listen to him, though. And but so, I think when, they, um, he, when he didn't come back into the specials and the, when they started doing the 90s stuff, like the 
uh, to, what is it, today's specials, and then moving on all the way up. Yeah, it was, it was all the HFS. Like, yeah. they, they were getting, it was when Ska was getting radio play, and the specials came back, and I think they wanted to kind of, you know, get some of that, you know, attention back. Oh, of course. But it was more like a novelty at that time, too. But I did always appreciate that Jerry and Terry were like, we're not fucking doing that. And they were like the ones that really mattered the most in the band as far as like, you know, what, yeah. what they brought. You know, I, I think that there's there's all the other members were great. But and some, of, some of the stuff I read. Yeah, so, some of the stuff I read when they reunited, like Jerry Dammers was there when, when they reunited in the 2000 era. Um, that Jerry Dammers was there in the beginning, but he just had a had a hard time of like relegating control. Like, like I think in the original lineup, it was it was all like uh, Jerry telling everyone, "Play this, dress this way, say this." Oh, this is a good line. I want you to do this. Like he was almost like producing the band, um, you know, from behind the keys. So I think when they all came back together as adults, mm. you know, that's when, when you're younger, it's easier to kind of go along <laughs> with, uh, with, with like, um, you know, getting behind someone you're very, uh-huh. usually most people in their twenties are very idealistic and you mm-hmm. meet like-minded people and you kind of like, um, go along with it. And, um, I think that's, that, that's a great way to describe like the beginning of the specials. I think that's how the band was. And then, when they all came back together, I guess they were probably all in their, I don't know, late forties, early fifties. I, I tell you, like one of my, one of my favorite, like most important to me, like DC kid wise, is um, when uh, what's his name did the tribute song "Where All the New Boys." Oh, you're that, you're talking about uh, Ted Leo. Why does DC try and claim him, man? Like he lived in DC for a minute. That's like DC. That's like people in DC trying to say that I'm from DC. I think Chisel again. I, I think Chisel was he was in DC. DC anyway, sorry. Go on about your your, your yeah. Ted again, Leo. I remember the first time I saw Ted Leo at uh, the park. And that's his head. I saw him at the park with like fourteen people. And he sang that song, and I was like, wait, are you talking about the specials? And he was like, yeah, I like the specials. And I was like, okay. And then three years later, he was selling out, like, venues. And I was like, I talked to that dude at Fort Reno Park about the specials. AJ, AJ was like, you should write a song the about specials the specials were. and the, the, the two-tone era. Like, there's no Root Boys no, anymore. Where have they gone? Would. And he was like... Well, that's what I'll Go call the song. Fuck yourself. That was, that was Jesus Christ. Well, fuck yourself. That was literally the conversation. I mean, the original song was about you know playing for Reno, and AJ just got a hold of it and Jesus turned it the whole Christ. thing. Yeah, he was like, you know, you know, he's like, Fort Reno isn't what it used to be, but the Rude Boys are even less of what they used to be. I mean, let's write a song about that. He was like, I got you. Yeah. Oh, there's Ian McKay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have my Ian McKay hat on right I, now, so. What, there what's was, your Ian there McKay was, hat? You got a beanie on? Is that what you're referring? No, it's the mini beanie. It sp- it's the mini beanie. Oh, it's a beanie. mini beanie. Is that what, Okay. I, I was going to say you look like you're a hipster, but, you know. I got one of those, too. But uh, any, anyway, I, 
I, th- I think we were trying to come together to, f- you know, record an episode honoring Terry Hall. So I don't know if anyone, I don't know if anyone has any other points to kind of add to this conversation about Terry Hall. I, okay. And his like, importance. Well, so Terry Hall, I think, yeah, what you guys are saying, he doesn't really get the respect, I think, that, or he didn't for a while, I guess. Until he came back into the specials, I think people started really recognizing him more um, as like, you know, oh, he's like a really integral part of the specials. And all of a sudden it was like, boom, they came back together and it was like, oh, this feels right. It felt like even the music itself, like that, the, I know those albums aren't everyone's favorite after, like, after he came back, but they feel like they pick up more where the specials left off in the 80s, I feel. Like, it's, it feels like they, he, he sort of course corrected the specials when he came back in. And it's like very obvious that like somehow they kind of all came around him and, and that was a big influence because it was missing the whole time. And that's whatever. So to, that, to one point that, but also the fact that like, you know, he, he, he's also been a musician in a number of different ways. Like we were talking earlier about Our Lips Are Sealed. Um, and how you know he had he had had like a uh, I guess like a really brief from like relationship with uh, Jane uh, what's her name Jane Wielden from the Go Go's right and so that like you know he ended up getting more pop notoriety I think as a result of like that song probably that one song that one song than the stuff with like the specials you know and it, it probably <laughs> helped him it, it probably helped pay for one of his kids to go to college and then some probably <laughs> if not yeah. both of them yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so i mean he did have he did have success outside the specials you know what i mean i mean in, in some ways he's he's done more outside of the specials than his time with the specials it's like he's probably recorded more yeah one of, one of my favorite yeah, one of my favorite collaborations he did was um, on the Gorillas' second album. Yes, like the final track was like they did a, a really spacey dubbed out album, and um, mm-hmm. they brought Terry Hall in to do vocals on a on a track. And so it's it's did probably my favorite Gorillas album. I but I really forgot like, about that. Did you see well. David Albin's tribute? Like that just. Almost made me fucking cry. I'm I don't cry, but like yeah, I mean there wouldn't be a blur and or oasis without. I know. Terry yeah. Hall, right? Again, like, again, those are two of my favorite fucking bands of the non-sky genre. And like when Damon Album did that tribute to him, like I, I, I may or may not have hid in my office and cried about that. So. But I think too the specials were more like like we were saying earlier were more than just a ska band mm-hmm. and I think that gets kind of like overlooked and overshadowed because they also play they added elements of punk and even like northern soul like like to me one of the things I, I most appreciate about the specials now coming and listening to them twenty for twenty for the last twenty years <laughs> um, I'm I'm always super impressed now with like their drummer John Bradbury because. His his the elements he added to the band are freaking amazing, mm. and some of the tempos and some of the the beats and rhythms he kind of overlaps uh, during certain songs like um, like like a song like nightclub, um, you know that stuff. Some of the stuff he does there is just amazing, and he he was kick he was in the band, kicked out of the band, and then brought back in because no one had the chops like he has. And then he passed away too, right? So now yeah. it's like two of the specials are gone, you know, which is like 
Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen with their last album, which is uh, called uh, Protest Songs, I believe. Um, Their final recording. And that album got a lot of flack. And I I don't really think I listened to it when it came out. Um, But I think it's mainly like a cover album of like, um, like, Blues, R and B, soul songs. Yeah, it's all like protest they, uh, music. They were re-recorded. Yeah, and um, I, I thought that was. I, I actually listened to it this week, and I was like, man, some of this stuff's. It's not. It's not. I I wish I listened to it sooner, and I really kind of that album's grown on me a little bit this week. Um, it's not really, you know, a ska album per se, but for me, I think, and some of the stuff I've read, um, there are some really good books about the specials. Um, Horace Panther has written a mm-hmm. book. Um, I know every, everyone in the ska scene has written a book at this point. <laughs> yeah. there, it's a rite of passage. There, there are some really good books about the specials. And I think, um, um, I would definitely recommend reading the Horace Panther book, but, um, that, yeah. but anyway, the singer from the Scapones, he's also written a really, probably one of the most definitive biographies of, of the specials. Um, so I could definitely, I'll post links on the episode if anyone wants to check that out, but his, his book he did with the specials uh, is, is pretty, um, if you want to learn more about the band and more about how the band developed and grew from just a bunch of guys, like, like I think, you know, Terry Hall was definitely like the art school. Like he came from a background of, probably having more money and privilege than some of the other people in the band. And he probably took some flack from it, but, um, you know, his, his fashion sense, um, I don't know, like, like when you saw the, when you saw a band like the specials on stage in their early days, there was each of them almost represented a different subculture in some ways, right? Like you had, uh, Roddy radiation representing like the Teddy boys, the rockabilly scene, um, and he still does. You had um, like the rude boy fashion. Um, you had like I guess the Northern Soul like fashion a little bit. And um, I, I don't even know what do the his passing was a shock. It was not something. I mean, who's expecting it? But uh, when I came home from work, or later that day when I was at work, I can't re- recall. And um, I'll check the news. And either one of you guys like sent me a text. I was like, "What the fuck?" That was like, yeah. Someone, one of you guys sent the yeah, text. Yeah, it was just not on the radar. Of wow. uh, even something I would be suspecting no, to happen. I wasn't. I was in such a good <laughs> mood. A like I was going. I was trying. I was like driving around trying to find Coco Lopez so I can make coquito and get wasted. And like drink my fucking stuff, and I'm like, doo doo doo. I'm like literally walking out of the store, and I get that text message, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I just had to sit there and be like, oh, is this fucking real? I was like, holy shit, Terry Hall actually died. It's, I don't know. He was very young, so it's just, and it came out of the out of the blue. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's a fun thing. It's one of those things of like, I was like, first of all, this cannot be real. And then like the, the third time I saw it, I was like, fuck. But no. The one, I'll say this in a weird way, like, there's a lot of musicians that have died over my career, my life, that I've seen, especially on social media. It's like, yeah, when Bowie died, it was like, oh, yeah, people were upset about it. This is the most massive, like, 
all my friends, the skinheads, the ska kids, the punk rock kids, were all like, him dying affects us. And like, that was one of those things I did not expect. I, I know I care, I know you care, people like us care, but like, the fact that like, it was so widespread, like, people I didn't expect, like, hardcore kids were like, didn't like ska, ska sucks, but like, this is terrible. And like, that shit, like, the, how widespread it was, like, expressed and showed, like, how much the specials matter, how much he mattered to just the general scene across the board. I think, I think they're exactly. a very big part of, like, you know, uh, the English, like, punk history. And he was just, I don't know, he was very outspoken during the whole Margaret Thatcher and pop music, too. Yeah, he was a big, he was a big personality. I mean, he was a cult figure, for sure, but I think... He crossed over a lot of different uh, like lines there, so like it may, I don't know. I was definitely I was shocked too, AJ. Don't get me wrong. The way I started seeing like literally every well, know, fucking thing in the world was like, oh my god, Terry Hall, and I was like, dude, for real, Terry Hall? Wow, holy shit! Like, I mean, he's like my hero, but like, why the fuck do you like him? Yeah, I you saw know? all your Facebook stories. How yeah. you? How you? Yeah, yeah. 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 it him. was. It just it was. It was a big surprise just because. You know, as somebody that I just grew up listening to the specials and listen to having his voice go through my headphones into my ears for hours and hours and hours at a time. Um, his passing was very substantial, as in it made me want to kind of reflect on things. Obviously, there's other stars that pass away all the time, and it's always unfortunate, but they didn't have the impact that Terry Hall had on me growing up mm-hmm. and you know i'm like bathing my daughter later that evening and i'm like fuck man terry hall god damn it you know like yeah like, next day i'm doing like doing the dishes i'm like god damn it man you know because because <laughs> it was very surreal but it's you, you have to accept it because it's just reality but when it comes to major stars he's one of the few that hit me the most. Uh, nobody touched Tom Hanks. Leave him alone. But um, <laughs> it's just like, uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's just unfortunate. And I, I you know, I, I go to his family. I, I hope it like you know everyone's doing well. Yeah, yeah. He was he was he was he wasn't old either. Like he was he had some young kids, I believe, like later in life. Um, and also, I I don't know I. All this, all these articles have been coming out. Um, even, even like this, this tribute that Horace Panther put out, like that, shed light on some mm-hmm. on some of it. Um, but it it also seemed like he suffered a lot throughout parts of his life. Like the, I think there was a time after the specials, he, um, you know, was kind of a, a recluse and didn't leave the house and suffered through depression and anxiety and uh if that stuff that a horse put out is like true like the fact that he's like dude don't tell anybody what's happening to me that's just i don't have words of like respect for him like just don't tell anybody i'm suffering and i get it it just shows how that's amazing well yeah i just i'm just saying yeah why you think it's amazing he was able to overcome some of the things he overcame like yeah. Well, I was just I was just amazed by yeah. some of the stuff he had to overcome to even like perform and get back on stage. Like mm-hmm. when, when you go through like you know 
those kinds of mental health issues that he went through after the specials and to kind of like recover from that and then say, you know what, I, I want to be a public figure again and go back on stage and front the specials that, you know, some people don't make those kinds of transformations. So that's in itself, that's amazing. So. Yeah. Like all the shit talking jokes aside, like honestly, one of the most important people in my life who has returned me from this like random kid to where I am today. Cause like the specials were important. Like he was one of the biggest part of the specials. So utmost love and respect and God bless him. Anyway, all I'm to see you. There's a way.